Hey, you're listening to Something of That Essence, a podcast celebrating the unique essence of people, ideas, and cultures with a focus on spiritual grounding and healing. Hey, y'all. I want to thank y'all for joining me for another episode of Something of That Essence. I'm excited today because I have a special guest with me. Today's topic is writing and relationships. And Lewis is the perfect person to have on. Lewis is a writer, a published author, and poet who talks about a myriad of issues through his work. So I'll let Lewis introduce himself. Hey, everybody. Hey, T. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I, hey, everybody out there. I'm Lewis. I'm Lewis Babone. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. Um, I work in Albany. Um, I work with clients who are living with severe and persistent mental illness. I'm also a writer. I love to write. Um, I have a blog. Um, I wrote so far seven books. Um, my latest is called Earth's Bad Mouth. And I'm currently in the process of writing another book entitled Luxurious Wreckage. Okay. And so that's coming out hopefully by the end of this year. Yes. Um, so Lewis actually brought a copy of Earth's Bad Mouth. And I love this cover. Like, Thank you. Do you work with artists to do your covers? So a gentleman did that cover. He worked with me. Um, his name is Poetic Visions. Um, Darian Gooden. Big shout out to Darian. Okay. Um, so he helped me in terms of like putting everything together. Mm-hmm. I kind of talked with him about a design concept and we kind of brainstormed and he just made it happen. Nice, nice. And you self-published like we talked about before. You self-published. I did. Waiting on other people to recognize your talent, you won't publish at all. So sometimes you got to be your own support system. I love that. I love that. Because like publishing is one of my goals. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to <laughs> hit you nice. up to yes. learn. <laughs> yes. Um, how long have you been writing? Um, I've been writing since eight years old. Wow. Since the age of eight, um, I remember having the flu. I wasn't feeling good. And so I just started to write. And I've noticed that the fever started to break. I started to feel so much better. So ever since that, I just started to really just see the healing power Mm. of writing. So like you write and you speak about the world. You speak Mm -hmm. about issues like relationships and racism and self-love. And I know you just kind of mentioned that, but like out of all of those topics, what is your favorite issue to talk about or to express? I got to say human relationships. Mm. I love humans. Well, it's a love-hate relationship. I love them sometimes and then they drive me crazy. But I really love human beings. I love this, the, the, the interchange, mm. you know? I just love people, you know? So And they, I find them to be so interesting, mm. you know? So I definitely just like to explore that topic. And if you look on my blog, I'm always talking about people. And <laughs> not in a bad way, mm-hmm. but... Well, sometimes in a bad way, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, I just, I love people. And I know you kind of like mentioned this a little bit, but what sparked your love of writing? Um, the healing power, um, of words, Mm -hmm. just seeing how they could just shape and mold and take a life all their own. You know, Mm -hmm. I think to be honest, words have the power to just change the molecular structure of things. Mm -hmm. Um, like say for instance, if you're bored, you can write yourself fun. If you are sad you could write yourself happy if you are lost you could write your way home mm-hmm. you know i just love the power that your words can kind of just transport you mm-hmm. you know 
Yeah, that's interesting because I was actually just telling someone like I wasn't a vocal communicator when mm-hmm. I was younger. So I feel like writing was like a safe space. Like yeah. I wouldn't say my feelings, but I would write my feelings. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that like drew me to you and how you express yourself is like, I love your word choice. I feel like you you have like a very like eclectic, like, you know, like word choice and like your vocabulary is very strong. And for a lot of people, writing can be intimidating because people Mm -hmm. always feel like they have to like, you know, sound smart Mm -hmm. or write the right thing or have the right verbiage and things like that. And I'll be the first to say like, my grammar is not that great. But, like, what would you say to people that, like, kind of think about writing in that way? Like, mm-hmm. it's technical and, you know, I don't want to sound like this or I don't want to sound like that. Mm-hmm. Like, what would your advice be for, to, for them to just start writing? I just say just do a free write. Take away the expectation of it being good. A lot of times you want it to be good. Don't. Just take away the expectation whatsoever of it being good and it being not so good. Just take away that expectation because you remove the pressure. Just speak from the heart. Just really just let it flow. And you can always go back and edit later if you choose to. But just initially, just do that free write. Just speak from your heart and just pour out your thoughts. Let it be just that freedom. Because it's, you know, too many times we're caged by expectation Mm -hmm. of what we want it to be like at the end. You know, a lot of like for academic writing, you definitely have to follow some kind of APA structure and all this other stuff. Take away the expectation. Just spit your heart. You know? Yes. Um, I also consider you to be like a very expressive person. And I feel like that's one of the things that I admire too, because I feel like in this day and age with social media, mm-hmm. like that's kind of one of the things I feel like I shied away from at one point. Mm-hmm. It's just because there's so much criticism, there's so much like like mm-hmm. people take everything that you say and they you know, they kind of create these narratives. Mm-hmm. So what gives you that confidence and that courage to just like you know be unapologetic and like I think we need more of that and I think that that's like literally something that like people are afraid to be and myself included Mm -hmm. in that respect so Mm -hmm. what do you like what inspires you to just kind of you know like be unapologetic and express yourself I just don't give a damn (laughs) if you want to know the truth (laughs) I just don't give a damn (laughs) and quite frankly my voice is all I really have that's Mm -hmm. mine And I just refuse to let somebody put a cage on it. I refuse to let somebody just try to fill me with their expectations of what they think I should be saying, shouldn't be saying. Um, I just don't give a damn. Yes. And I think, to be honest, that gives you a lot of freedom just to say whatever you're going to say. Because the thing about it is the ones who are right for you are going to connect with what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And the ones that are not, they're going to have their opinion. But once again, that's them. Mm hmm. That's their burden that they have to carry. So I just said, you got to focus on what you have to. You put on this earth with a mission and a purpose. And you have to express that purpose or else you're doing your life a disservice. Mm -hmm. So it's about working in the service of your life. I love that working in the service of your life. That is like that's a quote right there. Working in the service of your life. I love that. Um. And you're also we have we share that common background. We're both from the Bronx. Hey, I lo- <laughs> oh my goodness, I miss the Bronx. Really? <laughs> what role do you think that being from the Bronx like plays in your creativity? Everything, everything. I grew up by the D train, so on the train you start to see everything. Everybody's performing. Everybody's asking you for money. People are bumping into you. Um, before, like you couldn't wear jewelry because they used to give you a buck fifty. If you basically wore jewelry, 
Um, but you see all these dynamics in the city. And I just find it interesting how we are all in this one place, like on the train, for example. We're all the human family. Mm. And yet and still, we're all so separate but yet we have this togetherness i always find that kind of that dichotomy interesting you know yeah so yeah the city just courses through my veins i love it <laughs> just the icy spiragua man the basically mr softy and them dun -dun 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 -dun. Yes. so yeah just it's great yeah i definitely miss hearing mr softy yes because <laughs> they don't have mr softy up here they have like <laughs> mr dingling what the fuck is that really like really yes Summers in the Bronx, like, mm -hmm. oh my God, just in the city in general, that yes. energy, like. Yes, the fire hydrant. Mm -hmm. You got to put the can to the fire hydrant. You see the water lifting. How do you feel to see so much? Because, like, I feel like there's been, like, a resurgence of, like, the Bronx yeah. being, like, hoisted up as this place of, like, this cultural hub. Mm -hmm. And, like, there's so much talent coming out of the Bronx. Yeah. How does that make you feel to see people like Cardi B and, you know, Dream Doll and, like, mm -hmm. all these Bronx artists, like, really getting, the, you know, like, being at the top. At the, I yeah. mean, we had J-Lo, we had certain people, but, mm -hmm. like, the Bronx is coming back to the is coming back as a you know like as a hub and yes. is getting a lot of recognition from like the joker movie to like you know mm -hmm. how does that make you like what do you think about that too i'm proud i'm proud we're getting our recognition finally mm -hmm. i'm just proud that we're actually just being seen being heard you know um i may not always agree with everything that comes out of the bronx but the <laughs> fact that you know something we're finally getting a voice mm. you know i feel sorry for satin island sorry satin island <laughs> Y'all get neglected. Really. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's true, but mm -hmm. shout out to the Bronx. <laughs> really. Like, um, mm -hmm. And like, I know your heritage as well is a huge part of like who you are too. Can you, so can you speak a little bit about that? Like your cultural upbringing and mm -hmm. your, your um, heritage as well. And like the role that that plays in your creativity too. Yeah, definitely. Um, so my mom is Trinidadian American and my dad is Puerto Rican and pretty much it just comes out like i love my spanish side i love my black side i love every side you know mm -hmm. i know growing up i didn't have my father around so i always had that question about so many different things including my latino side you know so i definitely had some relatives that could kind of school me but not enough so you know but i still carry that with me in terms of like my mannerisms um just my love of the culture the food the music just everything yes so yeah, I was gonna say I can hear your accent. Like even when I first met you, I was like, you have like a Bronx accent and like a, a Latin accent as well. Mm -hmm. um, but it's beautiful. You know, I grew up. I'm Black American, mm -hmm. and like I used to always kind of wish that I had more like of a connection to a heritage. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because like, I mean, we have Black culture, which is pretty much like diverse and stuff like that. But I just love like I think it's amazing. The connection that people can draw mm -hmm. you know and their creativity and use it in their artistry so can you t tell me about the title of your latest book right earth's bad mouth how did you come <laughs> up with this name and what it, like what it what sparked this this pandemic has been just ridiculous it's been ridiculous so i just felt like the earth was cursing us out I felt like it was just cursing us out. It had a bad mouth. And so I kind of put those words together. And that was the thesis. That was the main framework that I operated from. Um, and just thinking about how this pandemic has done so much in terms of alienating us, in terms of the grief, in terms of the racial reckoning out there. We got to see firsthand Black people are not imagining what's going on out in the world. This is real. This is not a delusion. 
This is not us just creating this in our minds. This is real. And so that right there, I think George Floyd really just, I was just heartbroken. I couldn't go to work. I was just stunned. You know, my white coworkers, they went on as business as usual. They were not affected as much as I was, I was at the, you know, I was mm -hmm. at the time. Um, and so I just had to write. Today, obviously there's a lot going on too with the Ukraine and Russia yes. issue. So, um, and there's also been a lot on social media showing just like, you know, how like Africans have been treated to racism. Yeah. Did you have any initial reactions to that? Like, or even before the social media started to show the African, mm -hmm. like, you know, how African students were being treated. Yeah. Um, but did you like initially have a, like any kind of like reaction to the news of that, of the Ukraine being invaded by Russia? I did. I did. I just felt like, for one, this is surreal. So I was kind of like going through those stages of grief. First stage is denial. I was denying kind of like, this can't be real, you know? So then after I knew that finally it's real, um, I felt bad. I felt, because once again, these are human lives. These are people out there suffering. They're losing their lives, their, their families, children, innocent children. I just, even now it's heavy, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I'm not too educated or well-versed on what's happening or what the, what the cause of the conflict. There's so many different conflicting stories. Um, I just feel like also, like I was reading a lot of 2 Timothy in the scriptures. Mm. And 2 Timothy 3 predicts a lot of what's going on right now in terms of people being selfish and how they're treating each other and just the cold, this, you know? So it kind of just, woo, it was kind of almost scary how like Bible prophecy is coming to fulfillment. And so I was like, this is weird. There's something to this book, you know, there's something, there must be something, you know? So it kind of caused me to lean into the scriptures a bit more for comfort, you know? Wow. So that's, yeah, I've been meaning to do the same. I haven't like opened my Bible in quite a while, mm -hmm. but the Bible definitely has always been a comfort for me when yeah. things were going on in my life that I didn't understand. Um, like I always tell people this story about when I really got into like the Bible. Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up kind of always knowing about religion and stuff like that. But it was when I was living in Brooklyn and like my family, we were going through a lot. Yeah. Kind of like it felt like everything was kind of being stripped away from us. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I literally had nothing else but the word. Yeah. Like I didn't have much friends to talk to. I didn't have like television and certain things to distract me. Like all I literally had was the word. Yeah. And, you know, it just really filled me up in a certain type of way that like you it's like you can't e sometimes you can't even explain it yeah. like it just gave me so much life so that's very interesting and i feel like i should actually check out timothy because i haven't like read it in a while it's scary it's scary how accurate because every symptom that they're talking about is happening yeah and you're just like whoa like how do they know this you know mm-hmm out of all your books that you published, were there any books that were like really hard for you to write or did they, do they all kind of just come out naturally? And like, was there like anyone or do you have like a, do you deal with writer's block? Um, to be honest, it kind of flows okay. every single day I write. And like I said, it doesn't have to be good. Mm -hmm. I just strip away the expectation. I realize you can always go back later and edit, you know, just put it down on paper, get it out of you. Just put something on the page. And so, um, pretty much, yeah, I've just been writing. Um, a challenging book for me out of all of them, I would have to say Earth's Bad Mouth. 
it was like because you're going through something and so sometimes when you're going through something you don't have the clarity to see the other side and so sometimes you have to just just write through it mm-hmm. and sometimes you know you need that clarity like time gives you clarity and I didn't know if I had time to be honest mm-hmm. I didn't know if I if I was going to get COVID if I would be laying in some hospital um, so I just felt like it was just hard every day to kind of also have the motivation to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm just tired. I'm tired. <laughs> I had to call out. I was like, I just, you know, I didn't have the motivation. So, yeah, trying to get the motivation to write consistently. Mm-hmm. That was the challenge. Wow. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. But I admire that. Like, the fact that you push through and you self-publish and you, like, you understand that. It's not even that it's an urgency, but it's like, like you say, like, we have a, a mission to serve so it's like why wait for other people to like hop on our train or like see you know our value we can literally do anything that we want to do facts and so i really commend that and i love this book title i love the name as well i love the like the graphic and you know so Thank i you. can't wait to crack this open yeah let me know what you think i definitely yeah definitely would love feedback so I want to talk, take a minute to talk about um, who, like, some of your favorite books and, like, mm-hmm. some of your favorite um, poets or writers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, do you have, like, a favorite published work or, like, favorite oh, author? Goodness. There's, like, so many. Mm-hmm. James Baldwin, Giovanni's Room. I love that book. Um, an author by the name of J. California Cooper. Gotta check her out. She is, she's, like, one of my favorite. Top ten. Like, I would say she's number one. Um... She has a book called The Matter is Life, Wild Star Seeking Midnight Suns. Um, just the way that she writes, it's just like on every page you feel like you're home. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're just like nestled in this warm southern environment, you know? Um, though I don't come from the south, <laughs> I definitely just feel like like she transports you there. Like in the sense of like hospitality, love is like just written on every page. Mm-hmm. It feels good to read her. You know, um, who else? Ocean Vuong, poet. Love him. His work is just so touching. You know, like each poem is like he's surviving. Mm. You know, every poem is just like he's reaching for survival. And he, who, <laughs> just, oof. Um, who else? Um, Jericho Brown, another poet. Um, Essex Hemphill. Um, he is just phenomenal, his work. So many. Lucille Clifton. She is just, oof. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I've never, the only um, artist I've heard of was mm-hmm. Jane Baldwin. So you just mm-hmm. taught me a lot. Check <laughs> just them now. out. Jay I, California Cooper. Yes. I feel like I need to read more poetry. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I, I consider myself a writer, but poetry was something I just could never do because I think too much. Mm-hmm. And I feel like poetry is like, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know the like the method to it but mm. i just will always over analyze everything like oh it has to rhyme it has to make sense so, you know like just over analyze everything mm-hmm. um but yeah i'm definitely gonna check out those authors as well yes so what are you watching are there like any shows <laughs> that you're like into now like i know all of us are like watching the stream and so i watch a lot of reality tv okay so. <laughs> nice <laughs> nice but um Let's see. I'm thinking, to be honest, I like the older shows, like the 90s, like Living Single. Okay. I love Living mm-hmm. Single. I've been watching that, like, ridiculously. Um, what movie did I finish watching? I just finished watching this movie called Stepmom. Okay, that sounds... I was in tears, though. Okay. I really was. It was It was, It was. was kind of, like, 
yeah it was a lot okay it sad it's kind of yeah okay. yeah and i was like i thought this was gonna be something else but mm-hmm. so that was a, a, a interesting movie um i know abbott elementary okay yeah i've been Love. checking that out she's phenomenal oh my god she's just funny i forgot it's quintana brunson i think it is yeah i believe that's her name yeah i'm not she's phenomenal yeah i've been binge binge watching that too yeah i had to catch up on it Mm -hmm. one of my friends she was like yeah you should watch it she kind of created it similar to like the office and yeah i love the humor it's like i think the recent episode i was just watching was the one where um her friend is like an art her friend comes in to like help with the yeah. like, some type of art project yeah. and then, like she wants to change it around and <laughs> of course of <laughs> like, course so that yeah that was like really really funny mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know i'd be watching like love and hip-hop and stuff like that and people are mm-hmm. always like oh, you watch that show i'm like yes. yeah i'm like it's entertaining it's true especially when cardi was on it was so I was, funny i was cardi dying was when she was on yeah and i feel like i don't know i feel like lately mo like I don't know if it's because of the negative backlash, but I feel like lately, like, Mona, like, they're trying to show more positivity now. Mm-hmm. And especially, like, over the summer, like, mm-hmm. with the whole, like, you know, like, uprising yeah. and just, like, Black Lives Matter, I think that they was like, you know, we don't want to keep always painting this, like, picture. We want to show mm-hmm. people healing. Gotcha. So I've been seeing a lot of that on the show, like, people actually making, you know, like, showing those moments of healing, showing nice. men have emotions, showing mm-hmm. Black women have emotions. Mm-hmm. Just so, you know, get get that narrative out That's right. of that. I'm hoping they show more of that too, you know, in terms of black men and black women, because I think that there's this almost adversarial relationship between black men and black women, which should not be mm-hmm. at all, you know? Yes. I think we're on the same team, mm-hmm. you know? So I hope they show more of that, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, yeah, there's just been like a lot of interesting narratives, um, but it just feels good to see like healing mm-hmm. be, be like priority now. I feel like mental health is not as taboo like True. before people would not talk about it but now there's like so many so much more healing spaces mm-hmm. self-care is another really big thing that people talk about these days yeah what role do you think it plays in our healing process mm-hmm. as people i know some people think i think self-care is different for everybody let me just put that out there everybody has a different routine a different practice that they you know do use to kind of make themselves feel whole again um, for me, I think it's having the difficult conversations with myself. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, you don't want to sit and have these conversations. They're hard to have. Mm-hmm. It goes back to accountability. You know, a lot of times we as a generation do not want to take accountability. And lately I've been thinking a lot about that word and what it means to take accountability and what happens when you don't take accountability. And so I kind of see when you don't take accountability, you kind of keep yourself locked in this pattern of inertia kind of like you just remain still you don't grow and if you don't grow you die you know so i'm thinking accountability allows for growth you know that's why i see so many people especially walking around like on south pearl they look like night of the living dead straight up and down and i think a lot of times you know there's so many factors that influence that but one factor is the lack of accountability really sitting with yourself having those deep conversations really having those difficult conversations and that's my self-care i sit in the mirror sometime and i just kind of gaze off and i'm like so what are you avoiding what don't you want to see in yourself you have to force yourself to see that yeah you gotta sit with that and that to me is self-care because it's making me better you know so i do that sometime and sometimes i don't like what i hear i don't like what i'm finding out 
it's hard to hear. Yeah, it is. And so you have to be willing to sit with that discomfort, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's part of my self-care, you know? Yeah. It's so interesting because it is hard. And I feel like when most people, and I've been in a circumstance where, like, I, something had to happen from, to me for mm-hmm. me to sit and face it. Yeah. And I feel like that is so much more harder versus, like, when you just kind of do it as a natural, like... Because mm. I'm, like, a very reflective person. I feel like I'm, like... And I'm introverted. So I feel like I'm always kind of in hermit mode. I'm always in these spaces where I'm, like, reflecting and, like, yeah. thinking about these things. But that's just my nature. I know, like, everybody's not like that. Like, a lot of people... It, it takes like a lot of work for us to like and nobody really wants to accept accountability it's not that people don't want to i think mm-hmm. sometimes it's just hard to accept Facts. like that we're flawed you know Facts. <laughs> and that we do mess up and for me i felt like i had to like learn that i was acting out of a lot of subconscious things mm-hmm. you know and then i didn't i didn't like i didn't like that side of me I didn't like me act like the way I would act because I had like unhealed stuff that I wasn't dealing with. And then yeah. like I was sitting, I'm like, well, this happened to you because you, you know, you weren't making conscious decisions in the moment. So true. Um, so from your books, what because um, like I haven't this is the first one that I, I have a copy of. And I know mm-hmm. this is like about the pandemic, mm-hmm. but and do you and a lot of your other works, do you talk about like personal relationships or just like. Um, offering relationship advice to people one thing that I like hear a lot of people say with relationships now is that like some people are afraid to get into relationships hmm. breach <laughs> breach <laughs> and they're like I don't know if it's like a thing of like people can't be faithful you know breach. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is like the like the issue with relationships these days like why does it seem like commitment Mm -hmm. is like a hard thing for people so to answer your first question i try not to give advice in my books Mm -hmm. um if you vibe with it great if not that's great too (laughs) i definitely you know i just talk about relationships a lot i talk about personal relationships i've been in um i think relationships are hard and i think the reason why they don't work out so well is because people come to the table with unrealistic expectations Mm -hmm. they see the fairy tale when they're younger they carry those delusions into their relationships they expect the person to be x y z they don't factor in their human you know Mm -hmm. i think a lot of times we see men we think that they're gods they created in God's image, so they must be like God. Or women, they must be this, they must be that. All these expectations that we throw and assault women with. That to me is what's creating this, this disillusionment with relationships. People are very disillusioned because they get in a relationship and they're just like, wait a minute, this was not as advertised. I didn't sign on for this. I thought you were going to be X, Y, Z. They really don't understand. Because I think, to be honest, I've been in relationships where people have known me. They know of me. They just don't understand me. You know, and I think that if you really want a relationship to last, you have to understand your partner. Why they do what they do. Not just know who they are. Not just know what they can do for you. Understand them and who they are. 
irrespective of yourself. And I think that's why a lot of relationships don't last because people, they want what they want. They're very self-centered. They're not looking at the other person and saying, what can I give to you? They're saying, what can I get from you? And if you're approaching a relationship on that, on that notion, it's not going to last. But I think like people are like afraid of being hurt. Like, Facts. and I know I would say that for myself, like, I'm, I'm, you know, it's, 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 it sucks. It's like, and I'm one of those people that like, I really live through my heart center. So like, mm-hmm. if I'm in a bad space heart wise, it's like hard for me to function in any other area of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was very interesting. Like what you said, like, as far as, um, thinking about what you bring to the relationship mm-hmm. and just kind of understanding your partner. Mm-hmm. I think that is like really, really critical. And, um, yeah, because you can't control, you know, you can't control people. You got to let people be. Um, and I was actually saying this to my sister, like, I feel like a lot of people get into relationships that they don't want to be in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you love the person, you like the person, but you don't want to be in a relationship. Mm. You know, you you might want to, you know, you might want love. You want certain things because I feel like when somebody wants to be committed, they'll be committed. Come through. <laughs> Come through with those facts. That's so true. They'll so true. Committed. Okay, so there was actually like a post that you shared on um, Facebook and I had commented on it, but you recently said, and like, correct me if I'm wrong, but you recently posted on Facebook that there are memes out there that attempt to, or like they make excuses for people's behavior Mm -hmm. or like, you know, that people could use them to make excuses for their own behavior. Yeah. I thought this was so interesting. So I wanted to explore that topic with you and what way do you think that meme culture excuses people's behavior as we spoke about earlier um we are a generation that does not like to take accountability you know it's kind of like when you have a bug on you the first thing you do is flick it off onto someone else you really don't consciously do that it's just a reflex and i think that in many ways you know our generation does that they don't want to take accountability so they blame and project onto other people and memes, they allow you to do that so well. <laughs> they allow you to project so well. Um, an example, um, I came across a meme. It says, a strong friendship doesn't need daily conversations or constant togetherness. As long as the relationship lives in the heart, true friends will never part. Oh, mm. beautiful. <laughs> you would think on the surface, but it gives people an out. It absolves them for taking accountability from investing in their friendships. A lot of friendships nowadays die because of the lack of consistency. Mm. And so this, to a narcissist, yikes. Yes, that's <laughs> like a green That's like a, a green light. Like, just yes. ignore your friends. It's okay. Yes. It, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's fine. Mm-hmm. We're strong. We can, and, you know, and like I said, I understand the point. The point is that your, for your relationships can withstand difficult times mm-hmm. and distance. And while that's true, your friendships also need water. Right. They need that constant. And I wouldn't even say constant. They need regular, regular attention. You can't just expect to coast on the bare minimum. It's kind of like, you know, we have to eat every day. We have to feed our bodies. We have to feed our minds consistently. And I'm not saying you have to see your friend every day. I'm not saying that you have to just kind of like be so on it. Mm -hmm. But you have to definitely invest And I think with meme culture, it definitely makes it okay for you not to invest or not to check in. And I think that's why so many people are out here just feeling alone. Mm -hmm. 
they're feeling lost, they're feeling disconnected because you got a meme telling you it's okay. Yeah. It's fine not to check in. You can that's you're doing good. <laughs> like really. So, yeah. I feel that like a hundred percent. That's why I was like, yes, we got to talk about that. Um, so what can people expect from Lewis in the future as far as your creativity, your work, um, just everything? Um, well, as I mentioned before, um, my new book comes out hopefully by the end of the year. It's called Luxurious Wreckage. I'm going to continue to write. I think right now what I'm focusing on is a specialty, Mm. you know, in terms of my career. Um, I definitely want to be more proficient in CBT, DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy, motivational interviewing, and just having some joy, remembering joy. I love that. Really just remembering joy and just natural joy, not like coerced, coerced, or I don't want the rehearse. I want a natural, organic joy, you know? Organic joy. That sounds like a freaking hair product or some <laughs> kind of food, you know? It, does, it has a ring. Yeah. Organic joy. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm hungry now. Honestly. Oh my God, I feel you. And I know you say you have a blog. So do you want to share your blog website so everyone can check it out? Yeah, it's um, Lewis Speaks on WordPress.com. Um, um, if you just Google Lewis Speaks, it'll pop up. Um, I talk about everything under the sun. Um, a lot of controversial topics on there. A lot of times people have. <laughs> They <laughs> tore me a new one, basically. <laughs> wow. Yeah. These topics can be um, a bit controversial, mm-hmm. but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You know? And as far as your books, where can people find those if they want to like order them or like? Mm-hmm. Amazon.com. Okay. Amazon, just type in my name, Lewis, L U I S, last name P as in Paul, A B as in Boy O N. And yeah, it'll pop up. Great. Um, any last words that you want to share with us? Leave us with. I just want to say thank you. Oh, thank you. I just want to say thank you. Just, I'm grateful that you invited me to do this. Um, this is exciting. This is fun. Just thank you. Thank you. So yeah, you're like my second official guest. So I want to thank you for joining me and I look forward to having you on more often. Yes, I'm here. Mm -hmm. Let me know when. Okay, y'all. Well, I want to thank y'all for another episode of Something of That Essence. I want to thank Lewis for joining me. And we'll catch you guys later. 